When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is a test. This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcasting system. This is only a test. Of all these opinions, this is the one that continues to blindside me, dumbfound me, gobsmack me, thunderstrike me. blasphemy. Absolute blasphemy. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! This is the Overreaction Podcast. I am Chase. With me as always, my man Cody. What do we got in store for the people today? going to be diving into the wide receiver position group. We talked about the quarterback landscape and marketplace last week. We kind of touched on the running backs in our show two weeks ago, and now we figured we're trying to turn it into a little bit of a series, get down through all of the all the positions here. we got the wide receivers coming up today. It's you know the second most important position for most of our rosters out there, depending upon what tight end premium we play, but really only a couple people can have the tight ends that matter. The wide receiver position has become so much more important to the running backs it seems throughout the just normal consensus of the fantasy landscape as it sits right now so really diving into these wide receivers what do you want to do with the top end guys do you want to trade off of them or do you want to be trading up to them going to be diving through everything going probably all the way down to like wide receiver 70 range telling you what we need to do <laughs> as far as values what you need to do for best ball lineups everything trying to really just encompass it all anything that i missed in that no, that pretty much covers it. Yeah. Any threshold wide receiver, um, you know, whether it's the top 50 guys for lineup, you know, we do expand it a little bit for best ball. So that's why we're going to dive a little bit deeper for the top 70 uh, for the best ball aspect. And speaking of best ball, did you know that Destination Debbie has partnered with Underdog Fantasy this year? And if you do use promo code TFDR at sign up on your first deposit, you will get a 100% deposit match up to $100 and the best part is if you do deposit $10 or more you will get a one year access to the Destination Devi Discord and you'll get to strategize with, with Ray and the gang get to uh, see some of the rosters that are constructed and right now there's the Superflex uh, big board I believe is what it is called the Superflex big board that's going on right now because the uh, original 1QB big board did just close this past week so you'll get to see everything that's going on, all the good info that we have there. Uh, so make sure you check that out. And again, code TFDR at sign up. So yeah, let's dive into things right off the rip here. Nowhere else to really start, but uh, the top of the top. 
What are you doing with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson? Are you trading off of them? Are you trying to tear down off of them? Um, or are you holding at this point? No, last year last year was trade down summer. We we really got into that, especially in our best ball leagues. We were living living it up in tear down summer, and you know some of those some of those we've seen worked out. I mean, if you picked up yeah. like a Devonta Smith, an ARSB, a Chris Olave, those might have been working out for you. But man, you're I don't care what it is, you're gonna have to give me a significant package for me to really get interested about trading off of these two, Justin Jefferson, especially. I would honestly. I'm not comfortable to put it out there, but in my opinion, I do have a slight tear gap actually between Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase at this point anymore. The yeah. stability, the consistency that I've seen with Justin Jefferson over the past two years. I know Chase has dealt with injuries at some times, but he also just has games where he kind of goes away. I know all receivers do. Justin Jefferson will show him as well, and Chase does have the massive, massive spike week games, but Justin Jefferson's just been a little bit more consistent for me. The only question I do have is a little bit of long-term security at the quarterback. But right now, I, I actually do have Justin Jefferson as my pretty, pretty firmly secured one A in the wide receiver room. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit earlier off air, and, and you know, talking about tearing off of Justin Jefferson. I think the only tear down I would even consider is if I legitimately tear down to Jamar Chase and like picked up a second. Like it sounds kind of crazy. And yeah, it's it's an ancillary piece, the second round pick. But at the same time, like jokingly, of course, it's kind of like, yeah, that, that would be about the only thing I'd consider. I don't really want to tear down to AJ Brown. I mean, I could. I could. But the piece that I'd want back is probably a first. And I don't think if you're in any leagues that aren't start eight, you're probably not getting that deal done. If you're in start 10, start 11, start 12, uh, you're probably not getting AJ Brown in a first for your Justin Jefferson. So it puts you in a weird spot and the positional advantage that you do have. I mean, Justin Jefferson, just looking at like his, his spike weeks, he's obviously, he had nine spike weeks last year. Um, and he, he was above average in 12 of 17 weeks. Like that is, that is what you would want out of your top wide receiver. So if he's spiking nine over half of his games, that's incredible. Whether it's best baller lineup, you know, when you have Justin Jefferson in your lineup, you have a good shot at uh 20 plus points per game easy. And especially if you're going to tell me that, I mean, we're in like a start 10 and especially in lineup leagues as well, where I don't really need the depth as much like best ball. It starts to get a little bit more in that range where maybe if you're giving me like 106, like a shot at JSN, maybe. And then even then, like, like you said, I want like AJ Brown, CD lamb to be taken off of my Justin Jefferson at that point. So I don't think you're really, to get too many deals done where you're going to be really enticing me but it is there you have you have to consider them because if you do get that haul you get that like four first value for justin jefferson that some people are i mean the, the deals are getting done but man just just to tear down i i need so much more than i know most people are going to be willing to give so i'm not going to be the one going out there and seeking those deals but if somebody wants to come to me and i just say hey Throw me the offer. I'm probably going to reject it, but throw me the offer. And <laughs> yeah, no, I, and here's one that I just saw here. Just looking at uh, the Bulletproof uh, and Adico uh, ADP calculator, they also have the trades that are on there that have occurred. And I don't know where these first are, but it does, which does matter. However, this is a start nine. Justin Jefferson or DK Metcalf, and I'm just going to say two random 23 firsts. Could be high, could be low. 
but two random 23 first DK Metcalf or Justin Jefferson in a start nine super flex. You're going to have to be giving me so much security with those first. I'm not taking them as random. There's no way you're, there's no way you're hitting a randomizer on that and telling me that I'm anywhere close to even taking that. Now, you want to tell me that that's like Bijan and a top three quarterback? Oh, yeah. And DK well, Metcalf? That's okay, true. now we're talking. Now we're talking. And it's, honestly, it's, it's Gibbs. It's Gibbs and QJ. Gibbs, no. QJ, D, DK. Okay, all right. No, yeah, I don't I, think I'm I, doing it. Not in start nine. Yeah, I think if you get that 107 plus range uh, for for those two one of those two 23 first and DK start nine. I'm, I'm I want the hammer. You know, as as uh, Scott would say. Or, but I want those top tier assets, no doubt. Yeah, and you're just putting so much more risk into the rookies as well, right? Like we don't know, especially at this point, where those where the tears are going to lie. We think we have a pretty good idea at this point, only being a month out from the draft, less than a month out from the draft. Super excited to get there. But no, I mean, I'm just not putting that much risk into it. You're going to have to, like I said, give me something to make me really interested to take me off my Justin Jefferson, especially in those type of leagues. Otherwise I'm not doing it now. I, I do think the other way that you can look at this, and this is kind of how we like to play our startups is I don't know many times that I'm actually going to be getting Justin Jefferson and Jermont Chase if I am in like a lineup or in a snake startup right now because where they are taken, I'm taking quarterbacks instead because if there's one thing better than a BAM tier wide receiver, it's a BAM tier quarterback. <laughs> and so that, would you start to pursue that type of trade potentially? Would you try to possibly pursue depending upon your team? Let's say you only have one of those BAM tier quarterbacks and you're really looking for a second one. Would you potentially trade inside that top eight quarterback range for Justin Jefferson and pair off of that? With how I build my wide receiver rooms, I typically have pretty solid top depth where I have you know five guys that I'm comfortable with starting week in and week out, uh, whether that's best ball or lineup. That's just typically how I like to build. Um, obviously scoring format does matter. So yeah, I, I would, I would, I would definitely explore that and, and trying to get yourself to a, you know, if I could straight swap looking at ADP wise, like a Justin Jefferson and T law, um, that would be what I'd look for, you know, just kind of looking at the trade calculator. I don't know if I'm getting this done, Justin Jefferson for T law and Devonte Adams. That sounds a little bit crazy, but um, if I'm able to take Justin Jefferson and get myself into one of those top eight, top nine quarterbacks, I'm absolutely doing that. And obviously it's going to be team dependent, but you just yeah. take it back to that. You take it back to that startup range and there's not really a chance that I'm taking Justin Jefferson unless the scoring format's wild, hardly ever any times that I'm actually taking Justin Jefferson over those top eight QBs. And so if that's the case, unless I'm just in a really weird roster construction era, I think I'm perfectly okay just swapping that Justin Jefferson because it's the choice that I'm willing to make with my first pick in a startup most of the time as well. And I know, I know we've kind of veered away from those snake startups. We like those auction drafts. We like those auction startups, the USFFL styles. I know yes, we sir. just coming to the end of one of ours in our first pipeline league right now. And so it's a little bit easier to do a couple of different builds and a couple of different things if you're over there, but still, man, just rather just trade them for a start rather than just trade them for one of those top eight QBs. If I can. Yep. I mean, that pretty much covers the the top two. I mean, I feel like that's what you're looking to do with Jefferson or chase. You're looking to 
maintain some sort of positional advantage, whether that's transition that into a quarterback or or stay up with, you know, maybe going down to CeeDee Lamb and, and A.J. Brown. And I feel like that for me is, yeah, you said there's a little bit of a tier gap between Je- uh, Jefferson and Chase, but I feel like there's a ocean between Chase and CeeDee Lamb and A.J. Brown. Yes. <laughs> that's just the way it feels like. It's a lot. And truly, for most people across the community, Justin Jefferson might have the edge out, but they're almost interchangeable, the two of them, Chase and Jefferson. So one and the same whenever I think you're talking the trade, kind of the trade markets you're trying to navigate here between the two. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and CeeDee Lamb and A.J. Brown are tough for me. I, I love both of those players. They're both young. That's, I think they're both 25 or younger still. Um, so it's like you have the youth on their side. They, they've put up, you know, high end scoring i think they've been in the the high teens like 18 19 points per game I haven't quite cracked that 20 point per game threshold so they very good very good but what would you rather do would you like to trade down into the next group of players whether that's like garrett wilson amon Ra, tyreek hill what are you doing with those two players in particular I think those two are also in a little bit of their own tier. That's that's yeah. one where it, it it's a lot easier for me to move off of though. Like that's where if I'm getting anything anything close to the first, I, and I don't even really need that top end locked in first for if, if we're looking at 2023 class. That's where I think I can tear down a little bit easier. Definitely the but definitely the best ball formats as well. Because you're right, like the I think the only thing that's keeping them up there especially like cd we haven't really seen him perform at like that top you know one one wide receiver overall it's still just kind of the upside that we're seeing there with him right and i think aj brown's a little bit in that same boat the the weekly consistency isn't there like we're seeing with jefferson jefferson jamar chase they're not locked in uh injury happens to one of them god forbid you know that i think the value does take a pretty significant hit and you know cd we also have the potential of somebody getting drafted there as well uh, kind of affected A.J. Brown with in his consistency having Devonta Smith um, on, on his offense as he made the transition over to the Eagles, too. So they still have the upside, but if I do want to tear down to the Amon Ra, Garrett Wilson, Waddle, really any of these guys, once we get past those two, it's a lot easier for me to do that within the top 12 of wide receiver than it is for me much more so than the top two. And just looking at basic PPR, no bonuses, anything like that. Um, what I'm looking at right now is like CeeDee Lamb averaged 17.7 points per game. AJ Brown, 17.6. So the, they're uh, about a point, point and a half down from, from those top elite scores, the top six scores in the league. Um, and then they're a point above Amon Ra, maybe a point and a half above Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith. So you're talking really minuscule differences in being able to tear down to one of those players and grab a first. And I, I know again, talking tear down sounds crazy, uh, but these guys for, for me aren't necessarily like bam tier, super good players, you know, elite, whatever big words you want to use for them. They're really good, right? They are really good, not diminishing anything from them, but you're telling me that CD lamb and AJ Brown are being valued as wide receiver three and wide receiver four in dynasty. I don't see them jumping up into that Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson tier. So if I'm able to capitalize on the value that they do have now, like again, it's it's looking at the market, looking at how how whether you want to look at it in terms of stocks, but 
the stock is at its peak for me. Maybe it goes up a tiny bit, but don't you think it's time to cash out a little bit if you have the opportunity to to get you know a player in a first? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they can. I think they can definitely still go up though. But like you said, to really jump into that next tier, that next level to get them supplanted with those other two names, the big two, you're going to need like a wide receiver one overall finish this year. And it, it's a it's a tough bet to make. Obviously, can they do it? Is it in the range of outcomes? Yes, I think for either one of them, they could they could do it this year. However, likelihood isn't there. Likelihood is they, they probably don't. I'd still say they're top 12 wide receivers more than likely in the terms of just like a points per game. But if they just start to kind of hang around that tier instead of making the jump, the difference between them and the Jefferson chase tier gets even further. And then the range of guys that we're talking about, that's where we probably see this tier flatten out more. So where we see a lot of the, you know, the, this tier of like wide receiver five through wide receiver 12 doesn't really have that much of a difference. I don't know if there's really that much anymore for me personally between wide receiver two all the way to wide receiver 12. Yeah. I feel like that's because of the dynasty value, right? Like if you're looking at scoring and points per game and some of the guys we're about to get into, you know, we're talking about uh, Tyreek and Devonte Adams and Stefan Diggs, like uh, Cooper cup, like these four guys are older, but they are the, they are elite scorers for your fantasy team. Those are difference-making options for your team. They are going to be 20-plus point per games, and I feel like you can, if healthy, right, if healthy, you can lock them into the top six in points per game this year. Is that fair to say? If they're playing all 17, um, it, it'd, take a, it'd take a lot to change for the majority of these guys. I, I, I don't Top six is a little high just because we do still have Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase up there. So that's like saying you're locking in all six of those guys just into the top six, but top 12, easy, <laughs> probably top 10. I mean, we, we've seen it year over year from these guys. The only reason that they're not in that tier anymore is just because of age. That's the only reason. So whenever you are looking at that and just that points per game production, yeah, I, you know, I, I think they are as good of locks as locks can be um, outside, outside of injury. I think they are going to be right there again. The only thing is you're just you're just playing on the bet because once they do suffer that injury, you can see the you can see the stock tumble. But really, we saw the Cooper Cup get oh, injured sure. last year, and he's still yeah. up here in this range. He's still up in that what is, what does he rank KTC right now? We got him up at the, fifteen. Uh, wide receiver seventeen. Keep 17, trade cut. Yeah. So he's a. Uh, He's a little bit lower. He's taken the hit. He's not in that top. Like I think we're some people are drafting him up at like wide receiver three last year, in terms of startup range. So the hit is there, but in terms of points per game production, I still think most people don't even expect a points per game dip this year coming in. And he's got a much more questionable quarterback this year too, with Matthew Stafford, who who knows what's going on really there. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I will say this. So it is April third. Uh, as of this recording date, so uh, April 5th when you're actually listening to this, I will say that I'm comfortable locking in my top six points per game players as Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams. Um, who else did I say? Cooper Cup and Tyreek Hill. Like those six, that's that's a wrap. I feel 
open shut case. May, maybe maybe CD jumps in there, maybe AJ Brown, but like that there's your top 8. Like, that's and I feel like it's predictive. You can just say that there's your top 8, mix and match it however you want. That's the top 8 for me. All right. Well, you got to put the disclaimer you got to put game. the disclaimer in of four all yeah, either points per game or four all 17. And I'm still not willing to do that because there is variance, yeah. but I'd say probably 75%. I'll, I'll put it at 75% of that list is probably accurate by the time we're done next year. So like the, the next group of players, the next grouping of players, I feel like is the, the most controversial. There's, there's so much love and emotion attached to some of these players because we all believe in uh, Jalen Waddle and Amon Ross St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, young star, uh, you know, up and coming stars in the NFL have a lot of belief in them. T Higgins has, has, flashed brilliance there in Cincinnati. However, you know, a couple of those guys are wide receiver twos on their own team as far as Waddle and Higgins. Um, Amon Ra had, had a, a, a pretty solid breakout. Uh, again, you know, Chris Olave had a had flashes in his rookie year. Garrett Wilson, same thing. But, you know, there's the there's the belief that, you know, Garrett Wilson is being valued as dynasty wide receiver five right now. And it's all on the hope one that he's getting a quarterback upgrade. And I feel like anybody is an upgrade over the debacle that he had in New York last year. The, the but Mike we're assuming White, Joe Flacco, Zach Wilson train, uh, <laughs> yeah, that train wreck <laughs> that train wreck that was. So Aaron Rodgers, right? Like we're assuming Aaron Rodgers is there. I don't know what's going on with that situation, but that's why he's dynasty wide receiver five. What do you think of the range of outcomes for a guy like Garrett Wilson? The the scary thing for me with Garrett Wilson is I, I do believe he's a very good wide receiver. Same. Same. The issue for me is that Aaron Rodgers himself and this offense have not shown that they are very a, a high octane passing offense. I don't think they're going to be that they're going to rely on efficiency in the passing game to produce their points, produce their yardage through the air. They've also got Brees Hall coming back. There's also the rumblings of OBJ coming in. They've already brought Alan Lazard in. I did let go of Elijah Moore, but the, this is a, this is a crowded offense. And so it's going to rely on efficiency for Garrett Wilson to really produce like, like a top five wide receiver locking him into that after last year alone, I think is a little bit premature, but I, but I understand the ranking just because if he does do like, if he does get the value bump from the quarterback, if he does get the value bump from getting a little bit better year two, he could be the next guy. He he's on the path of like the next AJ Brown, the next CD lamb. He just has to go out there and do it. I'm a little bit more concerned, though, that it happens. Um, the good thing for him, though, is that he's probably still going to be locked in top 15 wide receiver almost just because of the amount of you know love that he does have throughout the fantasy community. Things going to take a lot for him to get outside of that. So he has the insulation. I think he does have the upside, but it's probably not the best. I, I I truthfully don't see much of a difference next year between you know him and Amon Ross St. Brown, but I think I'd actually probably rather have Amon Ross St. Brown next year if I was being fully honest. Yeah, and we're talking, you know, whether we're going points per game basis and dynasty values. So we are kind of jumping back and forth as we talk about these because, you know, Garrett Wilson, I think, will be a locked in top eight, top 10, no matter what happens. You know, catastrophic 
things don't want to put that in into the universe but worst case scenario Garrett Wilson will still be up there just because of his age and what he has done uh, you know it took a little bit for CD Lamb to really come into his own I think it took two two years for him to really crack through to become a wide receiver one in fantasy um you know same thing with Devonte Adams same thing with Stefan Diggs like some of these guys take time to develop and and that is the big thing we you know Ray had been talking about as well that you know we have been spoiled Justin Jefferson Jamar Chase spoiled the hell out of us where they came in right away smashed and we're just like that's the expectation right that's the expectation going forward uh so the big thing for me with Garrett Wilson is he is the number one on that team. I don't care what other people they bring in. He is the number one on that team. Um, he did get 147 targets last year. How that adjusts or changes, I don't see it being – I don't see him getting a whole lot more or a whole lot less. I'd say that's pretty fair number, 140 to 150 range. And if they do improve efficiency, that that's only an improvement upon his fantasy production. So he's one I actually am willing to hold on and wait out to see what happens because he could jump into that CD Lamb, AJ Brown tier. Whereas I feel like the Jalen Waddles, the T Higgins, like those are the ones I'm willing to move off of simply because, I, and it's very simple for me, they're the number two on their own team. and And that's as simple as I can put it. Number two on their own team is definitely going. I, I agree with you. I don't think there's a, I don't think there's going to be a Higgins over you know, Jamar Chase jump next year. I don't think there's even no. going to be. I don't think I'm I'm with you about same percentage chance in my opinion that Waddle overtakes Tyreek Hill as the as the main focal point of that offense. Uh, that that rookie that rookie year target share is a is a. Long ways away from two years ago because of Tyree Kill coming in there and then bringing him in. And, you know, you're also on shaky ground with the quarterback there as well with the longevity of Tua kind of being a question for most most dynasty managers. So really seeing these both of those wide receivers in like the top seven of dynasty rankings is a little bit interesting. Uh, not I guess not Tyreek anymore. I guess let's right. wide receiver nine off the board right now. But two top ten wide receiver in dynasty and – with a with a questionable quarterback situations, a little bit of just a high high risk tolerance for me. So, I'm with you that I would have those two specifically a little bit lower in my rankings. And if you did want to move off to them, pivot to that Garrett Wilson, pivot to the ARSB, or is this the tier that you would be okay, you know, going down into the you know wide receiver 15 range? Are you okay taking them down to the? Yes. Yes. See the. DK Metcalf, Drake London, Devonta Smith range because I don't see. I truthfully don't. Do you see much difference between a Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle? Honestly, no. I mean, in, in the fact that one's you know uh, top six, I believe. I think Waddle's sixth and KTC, and and Devonta Smith is in the in you know the eleven twelve range. I, Scott talked about it a lot with with trading off of Waddle and trading off of some of those guys. That that's just the move for me because I, I don't. I like them. I like both of those players, but I feel like what what you're going to get in terms of return um, for fantasy points just isn't there. You know, if I can move into, you know, if I'm a win now team and I'm looking for for points in production, you know, you're talking about going a whole round later in uh, in ADP and start of ADP. And in terms of, of dynasty value, they're they're definitely down the board of, of Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, and you can get a plus because you're giving up that youth and, and production because T. Higgins is a good player, but he's a wide receiver too. And it's not that I have anything against wide receiver twos, but he's in that flat zone of players where 
there's just no difference to me. I'll take any of them. And, you know, T Higgins is going here in the, in the third round and DJ Moore is wide receiver 20 going in the fifth round. Like that, that big of a gap for basically the same production, like, okay, um, give me DJ Moore plus, like if I'm able to, to slide off of that, but if I'm looking for production, I'm going after the, those aging vets. I think that is kind of like the next, you know, the next pivot option that we could look at as we've kind of been talking through the last couple of weeks with this you know, series between the marketplace of these individual positions. If you do have some of those guys, those, the ones that we're still waiting to see if it really fully comes together and clicks the Drake London's um, Jerry Judy's Chris Olave is a little bit higher than that for me, but Christian Watson, Michael Pittman, is that the range that you're looking to say, hey, if I want the points on my roster, like you said, those guaranteed locked in top six point per game guys for you right now, and you don't have to pay up much from those guys to get that production on your team. Is that where you're looking to say like, hey, can I just throw in like a second? Can I throw in another dart throw piece on some best ball roster and move myself from even if you want to do that today, I think it's an okay bet to make because if you do get to the season, they're healthy. That, like, like you said, I think this is the range where the points per game production is just so much more locked in for me that I'm willing to make that bet even before the NFL draft. And I think you have to make that move before the NFL season, at least, um, whether it's the draft or whatever, because if the sooner you make the move is is probably going to be the better. Uh, Tyreek seemed like those, those guys are, are locked into, to who they are as players. It, it's all health and, and dynasty value that you're losing in a way. But when it comes to the season, when Tyreek Hill is, is out there putting up 170 and two touchdowns and Devonte Adams has nine catches for 140 and a touchdown, like when these guys are producing their value goes up like immensely, even though as a dynasty asset, like the timing matters. If you have some of those aging vets on your team and you're looking to capitalize on the value and you're like, uh, I'm maybe I'm not a win now team this year. Maybe I look, I look at my roster and it's just, maybe this isn't the year. Don't say maybe this isn't the year in April. Make sure you know, it's not the year in, in September. And then you can capitalize on the value. And, and, and yes, you, you assume some risk because you're holding these players until until the start of the season. But to really get the most out of them, that's what you're going to have to do. I mean, I've seen Devontae Adams going for, for singular late first. And I'm just like, that's not what I'm making. That's not a move I'm making right now if I'm selling Devontae Adams. No, because you get to week four and he's putting up his 20 points per game again. <laughs> And I'm not selling Devontae Adams for a late first. You're not selling that production that as long as he's healthy, he's, like you said, almost guaranteed to keep producing until until I'm told otherwise and I'm shown otherwise for a long stretch. I'm not saying that that fall off is going to happen. So uh, I found one of the I found one of these trades on this uh, on the Bulletproof site with the Adico's trade founder, I believe. And so you're trying to do something like this. We've got. A Superflex 12 team start 11, DJ Moore in a 23 third for Devontae Adams today. <sighs> today. You willing to make uh, that bet today? If you're if you're on that compete now, or if you're on that compete now, win now roster that you're projecting yeah, the future, you want to and you can make that move today. I think I'm fully making it. Yeah, to give up DJ Moore, yes. Okay, I thought you were talking tearing off of Adams. Yeah, no, if I'm giving up DJ Moore in a third, I'm absolutely okay with that. 
I feel like that's that's the right pivot because you're maximizing, you're capitalizing on what DJ Moore is right now, and you're only having to to give up a third to lock in again a, a top eight fantasy production at the wide receiver position. Like I can tell you right now, DJ Moore is not going to do that. DJ Moore is DJ Moore, very good player, good fantasy asset, but he's just a wide receiver too. And I, I don't have anything against wide receiver twos because it sounds like I do, I do based on the things I'm saying today. But it, it's just that flat range where anyone from wide receiver nine to what, 23, 24, maybe even down to 30, like there's just not that big of a difference in what they're going to give me for for fantasy same thing for spike weeks like there's just not that big of a difference if you're looking at best ball as well like these guys are going to give you two three four five spike weeks tops tops and okay i'm gonna get some improved production by giving up a third and and move into six spike weeks and, and nine above average weeks yeah i'm doing that and so is the, are all of these guys, if you could make that same type of deal right now for let, let's throw, you know, Tyreek, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup. Are you fine with all three of those making the bet today? Cup worries me. Cup does I, I worry like- me, too. That's the last one. I, I'd, I'd definitely try to do this type of deal with the other ones first, but I think Cup's yeah. still Cup's still in the range for me. But yeah, like I said, if I'm, one, if I'm trying to get those perfect. points, if I'm trying to get those points, trying to, you know, lock up this pushing at a pushing at a contender attempt. If I can trade off of a Drake London, Christian Watson, Michael Pittman, JMO, DJ Moore, Debo Samuel, and just kick in that little piece, it's all of that range okay with you? Because I think it's okay with me. Yeah, especially like that trail on London. I I I love I love Drake London. I really do, but I know what I'm gonna get out of Drake London this year and it's you know it might be good production um but it's definitely not going to be wide receiver one production this year um so if i if i am a a win now team but again you know banking on and knowing what your team is like you really i I can't stress this enough we have to look at our teams and truly assess if you are win now you have to be like a piece or two away not like oh i have hope this year i hope i hope so you know george pickens breaks out and he's my wide receiver too i i hope that you know chris olave takes that step forward and he's going to be you know uh, a top 5 wide receiver for me like don't live on hope make sure you really assess your team here and and know what you're getting yourself into so let me say uh, that because it is april <laughs> yes it's still april like there it may it may be only you know few and far between. Like if you have a ten teams or something, it may only be a couple of the teams that you have that you can really be doing this right now. Yeah. And I'd say that even just looking at your starting roster is also a little bit scary because in April, I don't want to have my contender sitting with zero capital until twenty twenty five. Right now, <laughs> like you, you are going to need capital to make moves. So if you were if you were sitting on your last third and you're like. Yeah, let me just make this one last deal, and we're going to be sitting there. We're going to be good to go. I've got my starting roster built out with no depth. That's not a contender. No, I, and and that's a conversation for another day in terms of of team building and roster construction. I I am never one that is giving up two years worth of picks, three years worth of picks in the future. Like that is just not how I like to do it. Um, I like to have capital, even on my contenders. I, I I want capital to improve when the season rolls around. 
not necessarily wanting to use my last bit of capital here in April to, to make that happen. But um, yeah. All right. Do you have anything Where, else between this last, like th this flat range of wide receivers getting away from just talking about, you know, the difference between some of these higher guys and, and the veteran production, this range of like wide receiver 14 to wide receiver 28 almost, I think is where I'm looking at it. Cause you're looking the, at guys like what is, what is really the difference and what I'm expecting between DJ Moore to Terry McLaurin. Right. And I feel like that, that, you know, and again, for those following along, this is looking at Bulletproof, uh, Bulletproof's ADP. You know, DJ Moore and I, I look at Terry McLaurin, like Terry McLaurin's one I'm willing to take the gamble on this year. I feel like Terry McLaurin has an opportunity to not necessarily jump into the top, you know, 12, but to have a an improved season to to outproduce DJ Moore. Right. I feel like that's the, the simplest way to say it. he has a, a good chance to outproduce DJ Moore. I know. You know, I guess DJ Moore has the best quarterback he's ever been with, but so does Terry McLaurin, I guess. You know, you, you have both of these guys that we've been saying every year. It's like, oh, they're just just get him a quarterback and we're going to really see their their true potential. I, I, I at least like what the enemy can bring in there. And uh, I think Terry McLaurin's a very good wide receiver. So, yeah, I, I don't think there's much of a difference. I feel like the only one that doesn't really fit right now for me is probably George Pickens and Traylon Burks being at wide receiver 23 and 24 at ADP. Like, it just doesn't feel great knowing Tennessee and, and knowing the fact that Pickens is tied to Pickett and probably the second, third, fourth you know option on any given week on his own team. Yeah, both of these guys that have to make a pretty massive jump to overcome their offenses. We're probably projecting it forward next year, right? Um, I, I still don't think that George Pickens profiles is the one in this offense next year with Deontay still there. So unless that changes and Kenny Pickett takes a massive step forward, I don't really see too much of a change from what we had last year. And then Traylon, it sounds like are the rumors swirling around about Tannehill. I know that we, I know that we saw some stuff out today, but yeah about the maybe drafting a rookie but how much better yeah. does that offense really get does it really up itself in terms of the passing attempts Vrabel's still there it's probably still going to run through Derrick Henry as long as he's there as well right and they're talking about almost it, it seems like every single mock you see has a wide receiver going to Tennessee so Traylon has to go in and play and be above that guy that they bring in as well in a low passing offense I'm kind of with you that these are just two guys that I personally don't want to make the bet on, but I do understand why their values are here, right? They're still yeah. young. They can still make the jump. But if I'm looking just to try to – if if I'm looking at pivots in this range, I think this is this is that you know kind of leverage area where if you just give me a second to move between any of these guys in this range, that that's the leverage deals. And I know we haven't seen too many of those happen. I think I know uh, Scott Carr has talked about it. You know, dynasty players are wising up to this where it's just a flat range, it's a flat range of warp, it's a flat range of just pr true production. And so if you can move between this tier, I think this is the old thing. We've been kind of saying this one for a year or two now. If you can move between this tier, this is the best tier to move around between and just gain capital if you are playing in a league where you think you can do it. This is this is the main tier where I'd want to make my moves, but I just haven't been able to make these moves as often as of late. Yeah, man, I, I'm looking at some of this like... Traylon Burks, like even 
Deontay, like my issue is I just don't know what that Pittsburgh offense is like Deontay's all the way down here in the 33 range. It's like maybe I would trade off of Traylon for for Deontay and maybe I can get a plus on top of that. Like that's that's the move I'm looking to do. Um Again, we're, we're talking about trading within the same position group. Like, obviously, if you go cross positionally, there you, you'll potentially have some uh, better success. But you know, looking at where where this ranges of Traylon Burks and George Pickens, and, and this was <laughs> conversation legitimately today. And funny enough, ADP wise, would you rather George Pickens or the one hundred eight? I'll take the one hundred eight. <laughs> Traylon Burks or the one hundred eight. Uh, I'll take the reroll with 108. Man. And, and, and yeah, probably, man. I feel like I'd want some I like I want something else. Like I don't want to do a straight swap and reroll, but I I don't need probably either, but honestly, right like that that's where like that's where on most teams, you know, if you're not trying to get a little bit ahead of the curve and build that, that contender right now, that's a spot where through the draft, either of these teams could legitimately take wide receiver and the value could go down. You don't know what's going to happen with the quarterback position for one of them. This is almost where I'd almost just lay out. I'm just saying, hey, I'd rather just take the liquidity of the pick yeah. and carry that yeah, one exactly. through the next couple of months over the player because I don't think that I needed to get ahead of the curve to get these guys. I think these guys are going to be pretty liquid throughout the entirety of the season, whereas trying to you know set a couple of your contending pieces in place, you can kind of try to get a little bit of a value gain here i don't think these guys values change and so i'd rather just go with the liquid one and make that pick later yeah i'm with you and i think with the 108 you have the opportunity to do more um where people you know have the name tag to to pickens and to trail on and, and all the concerns that we just brought up are legitimate concerns that people do think about when you bring up those names so if it's just the 108 um i think you have a much better possibility of of achieving a, a trade up um, or a trade around the board in order to to improve your team just because that asset is liquid and there's nothing tied to that right now yeah and if, if we are saying the 108 right now where this is a little bit more of just pure roster construction and pick value of the rookies i guess as well but would you be okay with almost taking any 24 first for them as well just because 108 i mean you're looking at a top four team next year and then i'm just holding the 24 pick that i don't even have to make in i don't even have to make it three weeks here or whatever your rookie draft is i get to hold that 24 pick for as long as i want i can hold that all the way into next year i can hold that into a week before the season and i think that almost gives me more i think that's where all these background first picks you should start to look at trying to move those back into 24 just random 24s yeah. if you can as well unless it's like the locked and loaded three-time defending champ i'd almost rather just do that <laughs> yeah i feel like if it's uh if it's a move where it is a random 24 could be playoff could be non-playoff type of situation yeah I, absolutely that zero issue with that at all not only for the liquidity and trade trade asset that i'm going to have uh throughout the summer and throughout the season uh but for the possibility of of what that could be in the 2024 class so yeah uh right there with you zero issues with doing that at all and, and you know this pretty much wraps up like that that kind of tier of of player right like we get through trail on pickens you know godwin's in there with with mclaurin um there is a name here that's kind of in the the 30s that i was looking at or a couple of names that i am kind of curious what your thoughts are as to like deandre hopkins and you wrote about him in, in the newsletter it seems like there's a massive gap between him and 
we're going to go back to, to Devonte Adams. They're, they're separated by four rounds of ADP points per game wise. Like Deandre Hopkins was suspended for six games, but he did have some very good numbers until, uh, I mean, even, even with the, the, the carousel of quarterbacks that they had after Kyler, um, Deandre Hopkins still put up enough, you know, put up good numbers. I think he was like putting up 18 points per game last year, 17 points per game. Why is there such a gap? And is he someone that you're looking to trade into? I know he's 30. It's gross, scary. But what are you doing with him? I I own a lot of DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I've been I've been I've been in act, asset acquisition mode for DeAndre Hopkins, and I, I did write about him in the newsletter. If you haven't read that from this past weekend, go make sure you do that. There's a there's absolute ton of content in there. Again, shouldn't be free to y'all, but <laughs> it is free to y'all. It is it is one of the best accumulations of content that gets dropped all in one day, all in one email newsletter. Go back and check that out if you want to hear a little bit more about that and some other guys that kind of profile like him too. But just getting into DeAndre Hopkins a little bit more, you're saying he's why I think he isn't as high as everybody else. The last two seasons, he's played 10 games and he's played nine games. He just hasn't yeah. stayed healthy. However, his production... Uh, let's see, in the league that I'm looking at last year, DeAndre Hopkins was in the games that he played ninth in points per game overall. And I don't think he was that much different. I think he's been he's been top 12 in points per game the last two seasons. And then all of the seasons before that, I mean, wide receiver four, wide receiver four, two and one. So I truly think if he just plays all 17, he has no difference between Devonte Adams, Cooper Cup any of those guys that are up there. So I've been in full asset acquisition mode and I don't even care about just the points per game like that. That's what I was try, trying to highlight in the article is the points per game is fantastic, but that's not the reason why he's so much higher. That's why I've been acquiring him so much. It's the unknown that comes along with him because you can get him for almost seconds in a lot of places right now. Yeah. I haven't been, I haven't paid much more than that. And he, yeah, I, he has a value bump coming more than likely because he's probably going to be playing for a different team. There's already reports coming out today that they might end up actually cutting him. And then any team can go sign him and give him any contract they want as long as he's agreeing to it. I think one of the most highly probable places that he goes to right now is the Kansas City Chiefs. So if you want to tell me that DeAndre Hopkins on the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes next year is going to be going off the board as the wide receiver 34, when meanwhile Devontae Adams is going off the board at wide receiver 16, that is a value gap that I don't think exists for very long in DeAndre Hopkins' future. And so uh, he, he is one of my most owned guys right now, to be honest. So, so you're telling me you're a little biased. Got it. No, I, 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 I feel you though. I have, I have some DeAndre Hopkins that I acquired for some win now teams last year. Um, just because the suspension, people didn't know what was going to, what DeAndre Hopkins we were going to get. Um, obviously very good. And as you just mentioned, you know, it sounds like they are going to, there's a potential they're going to have to cut him uh, because he is, I think he's the third highest paid wide receiver in the league currently. If the, the contract sticks, um, so a team is going to have to give up an asset and pay him. Doesn't sound like that's in the cards right now. And so the Cardinals are going to potentially have to cut him and let him choose his destination of choice. And if if that's the case, if he's tied to a good quarterback, I, it depends on what he's trying to do at this point in his career. But if he's tied to a good quarterback, uh, 
you know, I, I don't want to just say, oh, he's going to go to Kansas City, but th- there, those have been rumors. Even if he goes back and, and is in the same system with uh, with uh, Bill O'Brien up in, in New England, and I know Mac Jones, there's concerns about and that offense, but let's realize that there was a defensive coordinator calling plays for the New England Patriots last year. Let's just start there and and understand that Bill O'Brien has familiarity with DeAndre Hopkins, so that would be a, a good situation where. I feel like they would be giving him and feeding him the ball. So I don't think that there's any situation of him being a free agent that is bad. And yeah, if if you're able to get him for a singular second, which looking at some of these trades, yeah, a single second, a 24 second in KJ Osborne, you know, you're able to, to trade some of those types of things and, and go get yourself a DeAndre Hopkins share. If you're a win now team, um, not only do you have the potential for a bump in, in trade value, though, as well, if he does end up signing with a big name team, you might actually be able to flip him fairly quickly too, though, for a profit. I've actually been convicted to the point where I will do it on pretty much any team just because I do believe the value bump is coming. Yeah. Yeah. I guess if you can do it today. And it's, so uh, that, that's just that's just me trying to acquire an asset that doesn't cost <laughs> too much just to, at the very least try to flip. And probably for the, those teams, like you said, that are contenders, just get an absolute value steal with if he's able to stay healthy for even if he doesn't stay healthy for all 17. I could use 19 points per game for 10 weeks. That don't matter to me. I'll take that. Yeah. And I, and I do feel like he's a guy that you could flip for a first if he ends up in a good situation. You know, there was talks of it even last year during during the season of him being it's like, yeah, he's. He, if you're trading for DeAndre Hopkins, you're giving up a 23 first. I think that you you have that same potential of getting a first for him. Um, do, again, depending on when this whole team situation gets figured out. So, man, it's it's it feels risky, right? Like it's it's definitely a gamble, and and we'll we'll be the first to admit we 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 dynasty in shorter windows, and we have no issues with age. You know, I, I think that's the big thing. I've never been, I've never been in a league that has, I haven't been able to trade those assets. Um, so if you are in a league again, know your league, know your team, but if you are in a league where they are anti 30 plus year old wide receivers, then maybe that's not the move for you. Maybe you're not going to be able to capitalize on it. However, I, yeah, I have no problem being, you know, getting a top 10 scoring wide receiver um, at the cost of a second round pick. Yeah. And just to, just to highlight the latest one I did, I down-tiered right after the Panthers trade, I down-tiered a DJ Moore into DeAndre Hopkins in a 24-second. So Moore, yeah, going from Moore into Hopkins in a second? Yeah, yeah. Now, look, long-term, is that probably the, you know, it, it's not going to, well, it is going to gain value because he's going to get flipped to a better team. But uh, <laughs> normally for those type of players, like uh, I, I also wrote up about Keenan Allen, Tyler Lockett. Like those guys are never seeing a value bump that's equivalent to the rest of their production over the life of their career. It's it's just not happening. But I'll I'll take the points, I'll take the production. And if you give me that 24 second on the way back, this is where I think in, in my eyes, that's that flat asset. That's that flat tiered asset for me, the DJ Moore, and even all the way down to DeAndre Hopkins. I'll just take that second because I am a little bit convicted just personally on the player of DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, and, and just so everyone knows, like we're in that wide receiver thirty range now. We're looking at like uh, Jahan Dotson, D Hop, Deontay Johnson, Amari Cooper, Christian Kirk, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Rashad Bateman. Like these are your wide receiver thirty six uh, in terms of coming off the board. 
and, and ADP. You know, there there are a few names in here that like I am genuinely intrigued by, and and again, I, I you know new different platform uh, talking about this. Sometimes I hate doing it, but like. <laughs> I'm genuinely interested in, in in the Baltimore Ravens offense. And I feel like people are really, you know, so used to the mindset of Greg Roman offense. They're going to run the ball. I, I, I know that Munkin does like to run the football. There's no doubt about it. However, they, he, he had, you know, I, I think that was the year that uh, Chris Godwin was wide receiver two overall in fantasy. Like they had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin down there and, they throw, you know, they had an offense that thrived, and I know they talk about Baltimore drafting another wide receiver. I'm okay with that, but if I can take a shot on Rashad Bateman, to, again talking about giving up a, a second for him, I feel like I'm willing to take that. Same thing, Mike Williams in best ball. I know he's boom bust in best ball. I'm much more willing to take this gamble, but Kellen Moore, it's going to really rejuvenate that offense, and I feel like Mike Williams is going to have some smash smash weeks that we're going to absolutely love he will i i actually do like the mike williams best ball play as well unfortunately if uh kellen moore can rejuvenate the offense he probably can't rejuvenate mike williams and he still goes up and lands with the force of a thousand suns every time he makes a catch and so you're just Hey, he's going to put a couple of good games out there until he gets hurt. And I, I don't like to project injuries, but there's a few players that I will actually do it on. And Mike Williams will eventually probably miss some games for an extended amount of time. But during that time, I think like last year before he got hurt, he was producing as like a top 12 wide receiver. Yeah, he was. And with and with spike weeks in there, with some massive spike weeks in there too. Now, Keenan Allen was also in and out during that time as well. But hey, if you believe in Kellen Moore, and I, I believe that Kellen Moore can at least score points, I, I have a little bit of you know concerns about him as like an actual offensive game manager and play caller sometimes. But in just terms of scoring points, Dallas Cowboys have been pretty good at it for a while, and I think this offense can take a step forward. I, I do really like a Mike Williams, and actually, I think they're going back to back off the off this board here in terms of just uh, bulletproof deco ADP. Oh, yep. Keenan Allen as well. That's another one I'll, I'll take a stab at. Do you think this offense is taking a not to get into just like rookie stuff too much here? But do you think this offense is taking a wide receiver after they've kept Keenan Allen? A first round wide receiver? I, I, I would doubt it. So the 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 thing that's kind of circling Twitter is the fact that the wide receiver coach that recruited uh, Jordan Addison to Maryland initially, he ended up switch, you know changing jobs and went to Pitt, which is why Jordan Addison went from Maryland to Pitt. He, he actually flipped his commitment. He's now the he's now a coach on the uh, Chargers. So they have the 21st overall pick. Lots of lots of things going on there. Who knows what kind of pull they actually have or he actually has. But again, conjecture, it's that time of year, time to talk about the storyline. So that is a possibility. I could see them taking a wide receiver in the draft for sure. I feel like you know they they understand what Keenan Allen is. He's he's up there in age. Um, you know Josh Palmer's good. He's he's a he's a good serviceable wide receiver three. Mike Williams, as you just mentioned, does get banged up quite a bit, but he's good when he's on the field. I it seems like they're going to take a wide receiver. Uh, they they definitely could use a Jalen Hyatt type that would uh, obviously he's not just a field stretcher, but he can stretch the field. Um, 
yeah, it seems like they would, but I don't see how that's going to eat into either one of Keenan Allen or Mike Williams, at least in year one. It's crazy. This team has legitimately been linked to all of Bijan, a first round tight end and a first round wide receiver throughout this entire process. It'll be, I don't know what they'll do. They'll probably take a D lineman instead. In the like first, fantasy in the you guys are, are mocking for, for the chargers, right? <laughs> we, we, hey, we, we like this chargers offense. I, I like it too. So <laughs> we're just trying to get everything we can there as, as it seems right now. But no, those, those, those are two guys. Like if, if you are, they're both a little bit older, even Mike Will's up there, I think now at like 28 or something. So a little bit older, but definitely some best ball darts that I'm, I'm perfectly fine taking some stabs at. Yeah, and I think this is this is where I like start drawing lines for, you know, we like to tier things and, and look at things in different in lenses, whether it's lineup or in best ball. And usually this wide receiver 36 range is where I like to tier off in lineup where I'm comfortable starting these players. Um, you know, Mike Williams, like he's if he's my wide receiver four on my team, I feel pretty good. Maybe wide receiver five, I feel a lot better. Um, I, I know that people are like wide receiver five on your team. Yeah. Like I prefer to have contender, full container. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I prefer to have like the, just a lot of assets that are going to be um, in that top 40 range. We'll just say I want five of my wide receivers in that top 40 range is typically what I like to do because I want to make sure that I have not only the flexibility for, for starting options, but I don't really want to start any of these guys that are, you know, whether you want to call them true boom bus players, not a whole lot of upside, but like Gabe Davis, Wandale Robinson, Sky Moore, Darnell Mooney, Jacoby Myers. Like I like some of these players for best ball. I like Jacoby didn't end up in the best situation for us. Cortland Sutton. I like Tyler Lockett, but like, a lot of these guys have a lot of unknown. And if you're telling me I have to start some of these wide receiver 40 pluses in lineup, I do not feel great about it. I do not feel great about having to set a lineup and having Gabe Davis as like my wide receiver three on my team. No, the, those teams, if you're if you're actually doing that, anything start 10 and further where you're starting three wide receivers and then, if, and then two flex plus. I don't want to be starting three of these guys in a lineup every single week. No, that's, that's not the ideal roster construction. Um, and to, to pivot off of that, you're looking at some of the running backs in the range as well. Some of the running backs that are valued at the same range as well. If you really, if you were able to just go out there and straight swap and just trades, not even in just pure startup value, but you're looking at the running backs, like Antonio Gibson's going in this range back to back with sky Moore. I, I, I this is what this is where like not to get in too much of roster construction but just taking your wide receivers early these wide receivers that we've been talking about for the last 50 minutes and just loading up your roster there and then backfilling it with the running back man like it just looks it looks like such a better roster because i i, I don't have any faith that alec pierce is going to go out there week over week and be a guy that i'm willing to either start in my starting lineups or wanting to to be a integral part of a best ball lineup either just not where i'm trying to stake my value the, these guys are just so who knows probably a couple of them will land up in the top 24 wide receivers but most of them will be outside the top 50 
Yeah, and it's not to say that there's not some value down here, like Brandon Cooks at 51, you know, obviously landed in a very good situation uh, in, in a team that is going to, to or should, again, should ideally utilize him. Um, he might be a, a, a good opportunity as far as a, a late round stash. I have been a firm believer in, in the wide receiver 57 that comes off the board in KJ Osborne. Um, we'll see what that team does in the draft. But there's a good chance. I mean, he got, I think he got 100 targets or 90 something targets last year. Uh, Thielen just left the team. He had 100 targets that, you know, came off the board. And it, I still think he can get himself to 100 to maybe 115 targets in that offense. And that's going to be good enough to have some fantasy production in best ball more than than lineup but i i feel a lot more comfortable with with some of those guys like john mechie here at 50 i hope for the best for him in his career i i'm i'm excited for him to set foot on the football field but to be putting him up here as you know we just don't know what the heck he is at this point it's like I, I don't want to be trusting in this range of guys as oh. my like wide receiver four wide receiver five even on a roster like you said just yeah. trying to do trying to do anything I can to stay out of having to be relying on these guys as starters on my on my try you're not in competing teams if like this is your wide receiver three range you're just really not no yeah and, and you know again b- best ball and lineup are two different things um, uh, hopefully when it comes to roster construction I know Scott has done, he did an incredible series of just the lineups. He also partnered with uh, the 4D chess guys um, on, and it was kind of a combined effort on Destination Dynasty and on 4D. So make sure you kind of scroll back in the past month and check those out. But it kind of give, gives you some ideas of, of how to construct your roster and really where the thresholds are for them. <sighs> Even in best ball, like there are some guys obviously that I'm, I'm willing to take shots on. But you start getting in, you know, we talk about wide receiver 70 is really the cutoff. And yeah, there's Adam Thielen down here. But there's also like I, I Michael Gallup, I guess. I guess, yeah, there's some of these guys I'm willing to take a shot on. But I don't want a whole bunch of these wide receiver 40 to to 70 range. I, I would love to keep it to three. <laughs> yeah, maybe four if I have, you know, nine to ten of them. But uh so, 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 what are you looking to actually really like do with these guys in this range right now? If they're just sitting on your roster, that's for me. This is where I absolutely love an auto accept trade block, and I will just put them up right now, even if it makes it look like I don't have the depth on my team currently. I'd rather just turn almost any of these guys in this like wide receiver fifty plus range. I think I'm almost just turning any of them into second round picks, third round picks that I can throwing them on those auto accept trade blocks because I don't see that much of a difference between the likes of Alec Pierce and even all the way down to like wide receiver 70, 71 Isaiah Hodgins. Like, do I, I don't see that much is the range of outcomes definitely different possibly for them. Yes. But I can throw any of these second second round picks, third round picks back into players later, yeah. and I don't have to carry them on my roster right now. I, I'd just rather turn all of these guys into liquid asset, liquid picks, and then buy back into a list of 20-plus guys whenever I need them actually during the season or right before the season. Yep, and, and that's exactly where I'm at too. If you're able to to get liquid with with those players and, and turn uh, – 
in terms like, you know, Pierce, Rondale, Romeo Dubs, Josh Palmer, KJ Osborne, any of those guys, Claypool, Lazard, just na- look at them and name them out and, and you're able to to move off of them if you're in the right roster construction. I'm not just going to trade away uh, players for random picks if uh, if I'm not, I, mean, I guess in a way. So you can turn him back move. into that same exact player. player. Yeah, so it's still the move because you can turn him into the, to the same player later, um, or you can use that capital uh, and move move up and down in the draft if that's really the need that your team has. Yeah, I feel like that's the move. I mean, t- even taking Alec Pierce, you mentioned you know Isaiah Hodgins coming at seventy one on this. Like, if I'm able to take Alec Pierce and get Hodgins in a third, or uh, being able to again people are wising up to some of these moves and I think they're wising up more in the top tier players. Whereas people still like the name of Alec Pierce, Rondale Moore, Donovan Peoples Jones, you know, Darnell Mooney. If you're able to, to use those names and that, that cachet and still take a player of, of in that similar tier range and add a pick just because people are like, Oh yeah, I'd love to move off of my Tyler Boyd or my, my DJ Chark. Like, okay, fine i give me the multiple assets give me the leverage i'm out like i have zero problem doing that um and it's same thing if you're able to just do it for a straight second or you know auto accept trade block here's a pick i'm done and this is also arranged for me like if i have a if i have a good amount of these guys on like say a best ball roster and i've been looking to do this in a couple places already and it's the inverse of the leverage deal it feels like, but if I have like five of these guys in the range of wide receiver 50 to wide receiver 70, let me go back up into that range of like, let's say I have a wide receiver 30 range. Let's say I have that Mike Evans right now, and I can do the inverse of the leverage deal and tier that one up with any of these back end wide receivers to tier myself up into a little bit more of a serviceable range. In my opinion, that's where I kind of want to use these guys. If I can't just turn them into straight picks, or if I even if I have to turn them into a pick, and then I can partner that with one of my, you know, wide receiver fours, wide receiver fives on my team. I think we've wised up to that leverage deal where you might be able to actually get a little bit of value bump on yourself just going the other way with how common I'm seeing it across the industry right now. Yeah, I feel like line, lineup for sure. I think I'm willing to be do you know to do that. I feel like that's the right move. Uh, best ball, yeah. It, if I can get to a certain player range, right? Like if I can right. get into, uh, you know, packaging two of these guys up where they feel like they're still getting the best ball darts in that same range, maybe I can I can take it to that tier up and get myself into the top forty. Get myself a a Juju, a Lockett, an Evans, something along those lines, uh, or, or people that are down on Mike Evans. If I'm able to take you know a couple of those players and, and do that, yeah, absolutely. I feel like that that would be a good move. And DPJ might be a, a prime name to package up because people are excited about him. But it does seem like you know there's the unknown of the addition of Elijah Moore now, right? Like so, there are some some. Uh, variables there that we really don't know but there's still belief in what donovan people's jones could be yeah there was definitely a lot more belief before the elijah moore signing or the yeah. elijah moore trade so <laughs> that that one has been a little bit a little bit nuke but um you know if i'm trying to play the opposite of a guy that i was you know gushing about earlier in this episode and maybe i want to take the shot that deandre hopkins does go to the chiefs and I want to move off of, say, a Kadarius Tony, as some people are con- saying that he's still the wide receiver one in Kansas City right now. Can I combine a Kadarius Tony and a 
Paris Campbell that just got a new job. Nah, that's a little bit too gross. I won't, I won't go down that far. Just but, leave it there. Just leave it there. I, just age, age difference alone, and the belief in Kadarius Tony. And actually, funny enough, looking at the trade, the trades here in the bulletproof ADP, D Hop has gotten traded for Kadarius Tony straight swap, straight swap. Uh, I, so, but, but I wasn't but again, even, you're, you're I wasn't even to say to trade him for DeAndre Hopkins, okay. but like if if you want to come <laughs> if you want to combine the two, you know, you take that Kadarius Tony, and then you take that you know third round or third round worthy draft pick wide receiver as well, and tear that up into a more, yeah. in my mind, more stable asset at the wide receiver room. Like even if I could turn if I can take that and turn it into Deontay Johnson, who's going two rounds ahead. Yeah. Things to think about. Just things to think about. Always moving around these tiers. Invert it at surface level might seem a little bit of like the inverse of the leverage deal because you're giving up the two for one. But I think this is almost the way we've got to start moving it now where you take assets that you just don't value as much and are a little bit higher on the community consensus value and trying to turn them into things that you're, you're just a little bit higher on that range that, you know, you, you think is a little bit more flat because I think Deontay Johnson can still easily be up there in that flat range of like the wide receiver with DJ Moore range with the Chris Godwin range. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I feel you know, zero touchdowns. We'll do that to you. People forget. It does. It does hurt not to score touchdowns. Those do, those <laughs> do create fantasy points, but, uh, with it being the least sticky stat in fantasy football is that touchdown yeah. metric mark. Uh, I'll, I'll buy into a little bit of the bounce back. Man, Deontay Johnson got traded for the 203 and David Bell. David Bell. Traded Man. for the 203. <laughs> traded for the 203. Yep. There's a straight sop of 201 for Deontay. Like, again, send trades out in your leagues, send them out. Do not be afraid. Don't don't be like, oh, well, he doesn't like this player, or she don't, she won't take this deal. You don't don't answer for them. Send them out and see what kind of deals you can get done. Because sometimes, man, like I, I it's I always fun. Know. It's always fun. There's a lot of oh, I wish I played in those leagues. Then you go back to the <laughs> Dynasty Trade Show in the Discord, and you're just scrolling through, and it's just list after list after list of like, oh. Dang, that that actually happens somewhere. You scroll up three more, and there's another one. You're like, why in the world would anybody do that? Put out your trades. Put out your trades. Yep. Put out your feelers. It's a grind. It is a grind, but we absolutely love the grind over here. Absolutely, man. Anything you want to touch on here when it comes to these wide receivers, roster construction, whether it's lineup or best ball, uh, any last thoughts in this range? Wide receivers for life. Anything outside of the wide receiver, wide receiver seventy range, I don't really care. Um, uh, always just, I, I love these wide receivers right now, man. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, just to kind of put a bow on it. You know, when, when we talk about roster construction, obviously know your league settings and and what is most valuable. Uh, if there's a significant tight end premiums, points per carry, uh, different things like that, but. For the most part, I'm building wider, you know, quarterbacks first, and then my wide receiver room. If I'm able to to do that, because that that's like the next step. I can find the running back production when the time comes, and then tight ends, for the most part, are inconsequential. Not I shouldn't say inconsequential. That's not the right word. But 
Um, it, they don't matter. No, <laughs> uh, the, high, the high valued long-term running backs yeah. that these 2017 running backs that we've seen be dominating the league for the past, like five years plus, I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be looking like that going forward. It, it's committee season. It is rotational season. It is, I'm going to pay you a $2 million contract after you just toted the rock 200 times last year. And you're going to get franchise tagged until you shut until we're, we're done with you and you can go on your way and try to find work elsewhere. It's yep. a, uh, it's a brutal time right now for that position in the league. And so it's the, it's the era of the wide receiver. And so that's where I'm going to, I'm going to follow what the NFL is telling me. And that's where I'm going to put my value. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, again, thank you so much for, for doing this, uh, Cody here. I know we went a little over what we anticipated. Uh, All good. For your best ball needs, make sure you understand that Destination Devi has partnered with Underdog Fantasy. Use code TFDR at sign up. Get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. And then if you do deposit $10 or more, you will get that one-year access to the Destination Debbie Discord. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash all gas. If you want to, to be a part of the Discord by itself without uh, the the underdog aspect, but uh, hands down best fantasy community to be a part of. So please, please, please be there to check it out. And thank you so much for joining us here on the Overreaction Podcast. Podcast.